Welcome into another edition of the official 615 podcast. Excited to be here. We've had a great run of shows. Today, a little something different that I'm really looking forward to. Let's bring in, as always, the better half of the show, Greg Polk. Hi, Greg. You're the larger half. <laughs> but uh, thanks for doing this. We're at Kitchen Notes, Omni Nashville Hotel, uh, Music City, Todd Rotermel, the staff down here take care of us. And we record this thing every week, uh, right? As a matter of fact, you if you drive by Korean veterans and what? This is what Fourth Avenue. Fourth, correct. You can we can wave at us. Wave at us, yeah, yes, yeah. and then leave any kind of money you want or anything for Greg to sign. Also, thank you to our fine friends at Wilson County Hyundai for the partnership. Check them out online at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Great prices, great people. Payne Bone and his staff do an amazing job of making you number one. And just check them out online at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Now, something special this week. All right, on Sunday the Tennessee Titans or Saturday, the Titans play in the AFC Divisional Round. If they win, they advance to the first step. Ever at home AFC championship game. It's never happened. And a lot of people out there are saying, wow, they're going to the AFC championship game happened in Nashville. It's never happened in Nashville. And so what we're going to do today is that I'm going to interview Greg because that my thought was, how did we get here? Not with the eleven and five season. How did the Titans twelve and five? The twelve and they five? play seventeen. Now. I'm so yeah. stupid. Twelve and five. <laughs> is how did we get here? And it all started back in the mid nineties. And my esteemed co-host was right in the middle of all that. So, Greg, let's start back with all this, with the Oilers. You get a phone call. Your boss tells you at the Nashville Banner that you're going to go down to San Antonio where the Oilers are having training camp and possibly cover a team that's moving to Nashville. I got to think your thoughts are, what are you smoking? What are you drinking? Give me some. Well, they had already, I wouldn't have gone if they had not uh, already passed the referendum that they were indeed moving here. So they had that lame duck season, 96 in Houston. Back it up a little bit. Uh, Jeff Legwald at the Tennessean actually covered the last year in Houston, uncertain of whether that team would pass or come here or not. The referendum passes spring of 96, uh, first in May. Was it uh, overwhelming? 49% to 41%. 59. 59%. Yeah, there's that Kentucky math. <laughs> we help, help each other out here. Yeah, 59% to 41, but you can't find any of those 41 percenters right. right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're all wearing, you know, they all got PSLs. Yes. Uh, but um, yeah, and so then it, they came to me. I had been the prep editor of the banner and went kicking and screaming to the Vanderbilt beat. And they come to me. And <laughs> then they went kicking and screaming. I said, you're going to now cover the NFL. And off I went. Uh, training camp that first uh, of August. Uh, of 96. Of 96 uh, in uh, San Antonio, Trinity University. And then that season was at the dump called the Astrodome. And then 97, obviously, was uh, Memphis, 98 at Vanderbilt, then 99 the stadium. Were you at the Astrodome when they called off the preseason yes. game? Yes. Yeah. 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 Folks that don't well, know, this is crazy. Well, the field just was being pulled up like, you know, somebody pulling hair out of the top of their head. <laughs> they were just pulled up chunks of the field and they didn't care. They had already lost the team. The Astrodome, the the Oilers, and, and every down there, Bud Adams was so ostracized, but I and I and I'd always had that perception of him and him always wanting gimme, 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 right. that kind of stuff. When I saw the Astrodome, they were actually the third tenant behind the Astros and the Rodeo. Ooh. The Rodeo had preference over that. And so they would have to go up. They'd come off the field, go up the steps one by one up in this room. <laughs> the, one time the plumbing broke and the floor went through. And it was, and then even where they were, tr their facility. Now we see, you know, what is it? Bat St. Thomas, whatever they, yeah, yeah. whatever it's changed, but St. Thomas Sports Park now uh, in all its glory. 
they the place they were actually the team practice in their facility. Uh, when I got there, I said Gallatin Green Wave has a better <laughs> facility. I'm not kidding you. I, I, Jeff Fisher's office had like shag carpet and everything, and then, and I think this is the NFL. And, and so, but um, well, what was your schedule like covering the team? Because you're here, and all of a sudden you're being sent down there. What was that like well, for you? I, for training camp, I would fly down because then by then the banner had dropped the the Saturday papers only Monday through Friday, and um, so I would fly down on Sunday and then fly back on Friday, and then uh, during game weeks I would fly down on Wednesday and then fly back on Monday or wherever I was because Tuesday's the off day. Monday, I would be, you know, there for, you know, you couldn't, you don't, they didn't have Zoom back then. Right. So you had to go to, you know, you know uh, so you would go in on that Monday. And, you know, so then I did that. Uh, if you count uh, training camp and you count the season uh, of 20 weeks, uh, I flew somewhere 24 <laughs> weeks to close that year. And then the one week I had off for the bye week, yeah. I, I flew to, uh, went, Robin and I went to Providence and Martha's Vineyard. And she, Cause she said, you're flying there all over the damn country. I'm, you're taking me somewhere. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, I got to play. Uh, and then in the 97 was, was Houston. And people would say, man, I, I mean, was, was Memphis. And people would say, uh, man, I guess you're happy it's in Memphis and not Houston. I would say no. <laughs> yeah, it's, drive. It, yeah, it's it, I, <laughs> either an hour and 50-minute flight or a three-hour drive, right. you know. So, so. Uh, back then, the plan was, after 96, was Memphis for two years. Mm -hmm. All right. That obviously didn't happen. What went wrong in Memphis? They miss, uh, and, and Mike McClure, and I believe we we'll shout out to him. He was the president of the time. He's the one that initiated the conversations with Phil Bredesen, where they met in Chicago, you know, at the airport. Hilton or whatever it is up there and, and the you know and and the conversations we were talking about before the show that even started with the Redskins Titans preseason game yeah. in in Knoxville That's right. which was done because of Heath Schuler now not because of anything but that sort of were some things you started hearing things uh but uh you know it we uh, just went through that process of uh, finally getting there but Houston to Memphis what happened in Memphis was um they misunderstood how mad the city was at the NFL. They thought they'd been used before Pepper Rogers back in 88 yeah, was trying to get a franchise. And then later on when Jacksonville came in as well, they had, they thought Jacksonville, you know, was, you know, they were used as leverage, but Memphis never did anything to show that they were going to do anything for the Liberty Bowl. That was a facilities thing. And they didn't want to go to Memphis anyway. Right. They, they thought the demographic didn't fit and, and the geographics didn't fit. So the NFL, but they, they, they felt like they were used. So the media down there got on that. I remember um, this is 97. The, the Memphis commercial appeal the day after uh, something like uh, Steelers beat the Titans or no, Titans Steelers beat the team that should have been ours or something like that. And it wasn't ever the Titans fault, right? But they, and they didn't do a good job marketing, didn't do a good job nurturing down there. And it cost Mike McClure his job as president. All right. So the first game down there in Memphis, when the plan was to spend two years there and then come back here when Nissan Stadium, Adelphia Coliseum was being built. I'll never forget the first game was the Raiders down there and mm -hmm. Eddie George had a great game and 200 yards 
rushing, and it was exciting. Then the next week, the Baltimore Ravens came there, and I promise you there were 10,000 people at that game. In fact, Greg, a friend of mine, we had media passes, laid down on the sideline, was sitting there uh, on the sideline with Reggie Roby talking to him during mm-hmm. the game. That's how bad it was in yeah. Memphis. It, it was. <laughs> and, and so they had to get it up here. Uh, and, and, and then Vanderbilt wasn't much better. Right. Uh, although it did have, you know, you were here. Okay. Then the 97. And then um, the, uh, well, no, that was the 98 season. 98 season. Was, 98 season was at Vanderbilt, 97 in Memphis. And they went into that 99 season, the new stadium. There was a buzz about that. But it still, there wasn't any excitement you right. know, what you know, it was it's pretty negligible because they've been playing at Vanderbilt they were five seven hundred you know seven and nine every year yep you know and, and <laughs> or eight and eight seven and nines and you know and, and to Jeff Fisher Floyd Reese and that whole thing they went through the you know oh, yeah. nobody's gone from the Astrodome to the Liberty Bowl to Vanderbilt Stadium to a new stadium <laughs> right. in four straight years okay <laughs> and the faci- and the training facility out in Bellevue looked like a a, a trailer park it, did, it, was it was a trailer park <laughs> right you know <laughs> when you were in 96 covering the team down in Houston and in San Antonio training camp did you have players asking you about Nashville oh yeah um i um, the, very much so. And at the time, I was also doing a, a thing with it started out with George Plaster and ended up with Rick Renner, the nightly sports night show that was on WNAB Channel 30 yep. and everything. So we'd do the shows live and that. But yeah, because we were, the, me and Jeff Legwald were the only two Nashville media on a regular basis wherever they went. How was Houston media treating you? Um, pretty good. We partnered. He, uh, Jeff partnered with John McClain, the Houston Chronicle. I partnered with Mark Berman. Uh, was a really very aggressive TV guy down there, and uh, but uh, they did they yeah it worked out great. Uh, oh yeah, he <laughs> 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 worked out really good, Joe. That's good. Yeah, because Mark Mark knew a lot of where the bodies were buried, but and and, 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 and me up here, so it worked out good. Um, but so it, let me it, ask you: in '96, I know we're fast forwarding 25 years. Did you ever, in your wildest imagination, see this franchise where it is now? After what you were seeing in Houston? No, what I saw in Houston was like, I mean, I, I can't believe this is the NFL, <laughs> uh, first off. And, and Bud, and then, you know, and Bud down there, they had they had two, Houston has, I don't know what it is now, but at then they had two governments, the county government, and a mayor. they had two mayors. And the mayor with the most power, the, him and Bud hated each other, okay? So he wasn't ever going to get anything there. Funny thing about it is, uh, the very uh, year within a year or two after Bud leaving, the Astros got their new stadium, you know? That's no, no or no, and then and then also the Texans, Texans came in, and they got that stadium as well. Right so, next door to the yeah, Astrodome. Right, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway. Well, how was Bud's access to you in 96? Bud was good, um... I can tell you a story. Bud was really good. Bud, as a matter of fact, was shielded from the media because Bud would say anything right. and didn't care. I mean, you yes. know. And uh, but I, I, I'll tell you a story. We had a a, a guy who was he's I think he's still with the Seattle Seahawks. Their media relations director, Dave Pearson, was yeah. here, and he had become friends with the Tennessean more than the Banner because Tennessean had a year start. Okay, you know, and and so I was ca- catching up, and uh, we were not allowed to call Bud Adams. 
uh, at his um, call Bud Adams directly. He had told me that. Okay, you do not call Bud Adams. I had Bud's home phone number. Right. There wasn't cell phones. And I said, you cannot call Bud. Okay, and I said, okay, I won't. All right, well, I uh, broke the story that the Bellevue training facility was not big enough for them to build there. And that was a big brouhaha because they they had a lot of them moving here was giving that. So they had to go out looking for a place where they ended up over at Metro Center eventually. So I had that story and I needed Bud Adams quoted. And the news writer's yes. name is Jeff Wilkinson. And so he calls Bud up about seven in the morning, you know, because we're an afternoon paper. <laughs> right. You know, first one hit at noon, then the later one. And uh, got the story. And then it had Jeff Wilkinson and Greg Pose. Okay. On the, no. And so I, you know, the first edition comes out. I get the call. And you can imagine the dog cussing I was getting for calling Bud. I said, you told me I could not call Bud Adams, Right said, I've never called Bud Adams in my life. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and he goes, well, your name's on that story. I said, yeah, I just contributed. Jeff Wilkinson was the call, one to call it Bud. Well, I told you not to. And I said, no, you told me, not him. Right. And so he called, <laughs> and, and Bud was going off, you know. Yeah. yeah and so, yeah. And well, that was a big story. Yeah. Because that was, that was like mm -hmm. part of the moving here was right. like, and that's not going to be part of the story now. And mm -hmm. so that was a big deal. It was. Yeah. And it wasn't, and, but they the property wasn't big enough to handle what they, right. the architects had designed. Yeah, that place was a disaster out yeah, there. Yeah. And so that we were happening out there. Uh, we're, we're walking that little memory lane here with Greg Poku, who was on the ground level for the Oilers, Houston Oilers, before they came to Tennessee Titans, because a lot of people don't remember the fact that they were, there was a transitional period for them to get here to Nashville. All this is brought to you and sponsored by our good friends at Wilson County Hyundai. Check them out online at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. There's a reason you see so many Hyundais driving on Middle Tennessee. It's because Wilson County Hyundai does a great job of putting you in the perfect car. Check them out online at Wilson County Hyundai.com. Let's go back to that time in the mid-90s. Who was the most underrated person that you thought that helped get this place, get the football team here? Well, uh, Mike McClure, uh, certainly. Uh, I, don't, I think without Mike McClure's leadership that maybe the move would have never happened. Uh, you know, Phil Bredesen, the mayor, yeah. that's, the, that's the top of the list, obviously. We envisioned that and also envisioned, you know, the arena downtown. Didn't have a tenant. But he knew uh, you had to build it before you could. And certainly the Preds were the first in line. There was conversations about the NBA, the Kings moving here, the Devils moving here. But certainly he stuck with Craig Leopold and through that. And I actually talk about things crazy to cover, the NHL expansion draft. I covered that in New York City uh, for several <laughs> days. Stay right there at the Marriott Marquis, Times Square, covered the expansion draft. And so the editor comes to me, Pat, well, the sports editor and the Pat Embry at the time and everybody. And, and a lot of people know Pat yeah. in, in this city. Uh, and uh, they said, uh, we need you to cover the NHL expansion draft. And I go, what? I said, I, you know, I know that it's played on ice. And right. you use a puck and sticks, you got goaltenders, <laughs> that's it, you know. And and so I, well, well you're our pro sports writer. Well, that's a, I, yeah. I would do the same way. You, you cover the Oilers, and why not go cover the NHL? Well, because it's. I, I barely knew how to spell NHL, okay? <laughs> so but that was a whole another animal. But the play you asked me earlier, and I, I got talking, um, missed it, but uh, uh, the players who put their face out here and the ones that, that really, Frank Wycheck, uh, certainly, and what's with Frank 
I hope he's okay. I yeah. know he's back home living in Philly, and you know, I know he's been through some tough stuff. Uh, Al Del Greco uh, was was very much out front. Chris Sanders lend himself a lot. You still hear Chris, obviously, the radio coaching over at NBA, and but they well they would ask me more questions that I would right. ask them because you know they were moving to Nashville. Uh, that was also the time I remember. People don't realize, you know, Stephen Nair was you know we drafted ninety five. Didn't play the first two years. Mm-hmm. Ninety seven. Behind Chris Chandler, who hated who Stephen, did not Nair. handle that well. <laughs> you were in the middle. I of was all that. there. I was there, and yeah. How was that? I mean, was he, that odd? Well, you know, it wasn't odd for me because I'd ask Quay. Well, cool. Chris Chandler was pissed off. I mean, he thought, you know, oh, you've done this, but they, I mean, he had to know, right, yeah, that right. he was grooming. We don't have that that time now where McNair actually was groomed for a couple years. To, you know, if you're that draft pick top 10 you're playing right away or pretty much right away but yeah that wasn't handled well so what was the question you know, uh, well, <laughs> i just remember they came here you know when all the same time about putting their yeah. face out there i remember mcnair and well, all McNair that and eddie you know i remember if they had a went down to chattanooga did you cover the chattanooga scrimmage versus mm-hmm. the falcons sure did. and that's where chris was with the falcons and there's you know steve taking over and it was just i you report i didn't go down there but i was just starting tv at the time and it was just really awkward from the reports I was getting down there. Did you see any of that or was just uh, another scrimmage? Yeah, no, for the players, it, it wasn't. I mean, by then the ship had already sailed and, and McNair was the guy. And Chandler, you know, he never ingratiated in himself to anybody anywhere he's ever been in his life. <laughs> All right. So let me ask kind of a serious question here. How much credit do we need to give Jeff Fisher for keeping that ship afloat? It is. Uh, you know, at the time you – yeah, it is. I, Jeff and I are friends, but we've, you know, sometimes you got to write what you got to write. And right. a lot of those 500 teams played not to lose. And so there's the criticism of the offense, you know, field goal Fisher, you've heard all of that. And so everything, but in the community, uh, he was amazing, you know, good looking, young, California, cool. Right. Yeah. And, and Floyd as well. Floyd Reese at the time, they, their partnership was excellent, but Jeff, you know, was very, uh, accessible. His coaches show people, you know, greet people, everything. And he, he got the lay of the land. He understood also that he's coming into a burgeoning market, uh, that had country music stars, but he was that first wave of pro sports stardom in our city. Is he, uh, they put a statue of him up, don't they? Um, I mean, they retired his name or whatever it is, but I mean, cause look, you look at what he did here for the seasons. He, you know, talk about the Astrodome and Memphis and Vanderbilt and Nissan well, and all that. A lot of people would think that the, they underachieved too. I mean, they were, you know, let me ask you this then. You were all and I like Jeff. Okay, just chill out. <laughs> right. All this. Uh, was it good or bad the first year here they go to the Super Bowl? Because I think it was bad. Because they had well, the it, city's never recovered from that. No, but it also had people that would pay attention to them that never would have grandmothers, demographics that would never you know, even care if they would put out another nine and seven, not make that run in the next year. But they were peaking at that time. Uh, and their next year, obviously, we all know that was the better team. Right. Uh, and but uh, no, yes, long term, maybe. But immediately, no. I mean, they threw a parade for a runner up, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, At what point did you realize Nashville uh, had become a NFL city? 
Um, well, it was, uh, you know, when the move was announced. But it, it, the realization for me is because it wasn't a given until that referendum passed. And a lot of people, Rick Region, certainly the late Rick Region was very involved with that. Uh, Dick Dar, a lot of people remember him. And but it was until it was at that moment yeah, that it sunk in because it never was. You know, there was a, you know, forty-one percent of the people voted against it. Right. Because there were you look yeah. at the deal. There was a lot for Bud Adams and yeah. not a lot for Nashville on this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the lay of the land. And that's been, you know, without the Titans, we don't have Nissan North America. We don't have Oracle. We don't have on and Google. We don't have everything that we're, we've evolved to. Now, don't underestimate the arena downtown and the Predators. Predators were in a hurry. Uh, they originally were not scheduled to start until the same year, that 98-99 year. That, but they started a year earlier. Barry Trotz was already hired and, and was paid a year without coaching a game. That's right. Summer 97. Yeah, and, that's right. And so they wanted to get ahead of the Titans, and they did without you know much of a – but it, it, certainly that Super Bowl run, uh, and I think even now shows the potential of what can be and then everything that's happened now with the explosion and even from the sports side, uh, the draft being here, yeah. that, that one. You know, the NFL draft was the one in that of all the oh wow moments. Now the NHL playoff run and understand that, but the NFL draft, what were they having? Two hundred thousand people downtown at, least, at one time, at least. Yeah. yeah, and and you know, take us back. If the referendum doesn't pass in the spring of '96, do we have Nissan North America? Do we yeah. have do we have all that here? Um, I don't think so. I know I'm with, that, I'm with you. I don't. I don't think so. maybe eventually for some other reasons, but. The NFL is the 8 million pound gorilla, okay? Not 800, 8 million pound. And you're seeing it right now in Cincinnati. They hadn't won a playoff game since 1990. That city up there right. is, is gone bonkers because of the NFL. And NFL carries all demographics, old, young, black, white, Hispanic, every, you know, yeah. rich, poor, in the middle, whatever. Uh, and that's the NFL. It's a, it's everywhere. It's, oh, it's over here in its own, its own um, solar system. So biggest thing you think ever happened in the semi, it's gotta be oh, yeah. because and, of what's happening. Sports wise. Um, yeah, yeah, there's, I don't think, you know, the arena was in already in, in the process. Okay. And we needed that venue, uh, for the music business, you know, what it's done now in sports. No, nah, I mean, but I think the, I think every, I think it was the, it was the what's the the explosion theory of the how the world was you know the Big Bang yes thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> they had a TV show named after that that's right and, and, but I think the Titans in that landing in that stadium on the river was that Big Bang that we still see ripples in every direction all right you grew up in Bowling Green what was your favorite NFL team growing up um you know I like the Oilers believe it or not I was a big fan. Um, uh, our market, this market, Bowling Green was a national TV market. We, the Redskins were the team yeah. we got, That's right. you know, I liked the jets later on and, but I, I was in Earl Cam. I don't know. And it was sort of weird that I'm now down here covering the Oilers where I was a fan of that team, not knowing obviously later on what I would do, which I tell people the fact they don't realize this. I mean, growing up here and you're just down the road in Bowling Green, I mean, to see the Cowboys and the Packers and the Raiders and these teams come to a place where you never thought would happen. Even if you're not a fan of the Titans, it's still cool to see these teams mm -hmm. come to Nashville. 
Yeah, and it, 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 people get a big, you know, they get a big, you know. Exciting. No, they get a big <laughs> red butt about the fans coming in. Well, that's just the way it is with the secondary markets. Right. And, and you know, and then, you know, it's sort of wink, wink, nod, nod. The uh, the teams make money on the secondary market. Yes, okay? they do. They, you know, so that that thing. But, you know, I always, I thought it was funny that, you know, everybody talks, oh, these Steeler fans and these Raider fans, and they come in and take Packers fans. They do that everywhere. Okay? Everywhere. Yep. Okay. But now Nashville, it's pr- relatively cheap to get to. you got – World-class hotels like we're sitting in, uh, entertainment world-class. It's, the, you know, TV show around the world. We've got now with Butch Spearden, we got nonstop flights to London, right. you know, wherever, uh, Brazil, you know, uh, to South America. And, and so it, it's that, that in all of that, I think, has worked hand in hand. But I don't think it would have happened without the NFL. I really don't. Uh, I remember you remember Jeff Fisher would get mad at my question. I'd ask him every year, and he might have asked the same question mm-hmm. too. At the end of training camp, I always asked him, I said, the team you put on the field in a week, is that the team you win the Super Bowl against? Uh, it's, it's that team you can mm-hmm. win the Super Bowl with. I remember your question. And he would never answer that question and directly. It would be, you know, we got injuries, we got to do this and that and all that other stuff. And it's just weird asking a question about a team winning a Super Bowl in Nashville. And now this team stands two wins yeah. away from going to the game. Number one, obviously, in the AFC and played nine games without the best running back right. in the league. Yeah. And with 91 different players. Uh, Vrabel can be whatever he wants to be. He's like sandpaper sometimes, but I think that's persona as much as anything. Sure. And but the partnership between him and John Robinson is is as strong as there is in the league. They they use ninety one players. I know we're that's talking about current <laughs> thing, but ninety right. they would, they'd run somebody out there. And go, who who is that? I'd hate to cover the team because yeah. I don't know half these guys on the team. Uh, if they win the Super Bowl. You go back to your days in the 90s covering the Oilers down there. I mean, what would that mean for that this franchise? Well, validation of the ultimate way. I mean, and, you know, this has been, you know, I'm content that Bud Adams should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's one of the founding fathers of the uh, of the AFL. Is he the only one that's not in? I think so. Yes. Yeah, I know Wilson. I could name him David, you know. But in a lot of it was just the way – you know, the Houston oil man, J.R. Ewing, you know, and, and, you know, and, and all of that. But you look at the run, if they have instant replay, uh, yeah. they, they beat the Steelers one of those years. Mike Renfro. Mm-hmm. In the back of the end zone. That's right. Yep. And that would, and so they had what, it was almost like the Marv Levy uh, Buffalo era with Bum Phillips through there. You know, they were actually the second best team in the league for five years in a row, mm-hmm. but the Steelers were the best. The best. And, yeah, their division. And, and, and so, um, and there wasn't no wild card either, you know. <laughs> or you could, yeah. I always laugh about this. For those who don't know that, uh, Oilers came in in 1960. He drafted uh Bud took Billy Cannon. Mm-hmm. And what was Billy Cannon's salary? Well, he, um, I think um, he got a Cadillac. <laughs> he got a, a, a pay. And then he, I think he got 50 head of cattle. <laughs> and, and I remember there's one player, 50 head of cattle. There was one player oh, that, that he paid that he didn't really like. And he paid the guy with 50 head of cattle. Okay. <laughs> And all of them died. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> and then you, what do you do? You go to court. The cows died. Well, well, you know. All right. So let me ask you this then. Uh, there is a, a movement, a small movement in Houston 
uh, that fans want the Texans to wear the Oilers uniforms next year. Nah. You agree to this? No. Uh, they are not the Oilers. The Oilers are the tie. Oilers, Titans. No, I don't. Uh, they should not. No, they're the Texans. They have nothing to do with the Oilers except they shared at one time the same city. Or not at the same time, but they're from the same city. No. I think there's other ways to do the tributes. I just don't think the team should do that. I mean, I guess if you're a, a Titans fan, that, that'd be really cool because it's, you know, I know. I, I, I wish maybe the, the Titans would every once in a while just go full Columbia Blue, put the Derricks on the they side. Of, yeah, I, yeah. I absolutely agree uh, with that's, you. That's, you know, uh, Herschel, uh, I mean, uh, but if you're looking at, you know, the, the people that are, you know, Earl all, Campbell, all, 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 the, all of those, they were never Houston Texans. You know, strip. They were they, Houston they, and, and the family that still owns this team is the Adams family. That's exactly right. Uh, all right. And our final, as we get out here, this final moment or two with this. All right. So you go back to all those times to the mid nineties and covering everything. And I ask you if you thought you'd see this moment for this franchise when they got here, but I mean, through the chaos and everything, did you see a glimmer of hope? No. Yeah. I mean, the NFL's come to town, you know, that was, you don't know that at the time while everything that was the the big bang explosion didn't know that, but there became a big time part of it that you're on national television on a regular basis. You may be the secondary game, maybe the regional game, but you're guaranteed, you know, a, a night game, you know, at least one a right. night game and now Thursday nights. And, and, and so, yeah, you sensed uh, that this is something big was happening because it's the NFL. And you look now, the NFL's, you know, it's right. uh, it's you know, it's like a a, a third world country. <laughs> no, it's bigger than a third world country. Was it hard to explain to your editor at the time of what you were seeing in Houston? Um, I, hopefully, I wrote it because you know I was seeing you know, and I was very much more uh, uh, passionate, uh, not passionate, but uh, more uh, understanding of what Bud Adams, you know, he had been maligned down there. Like he was always trying to get money, trying to get money, trying to get money. And he's looking at all these stadiums with all the bells and whistles, suites and parking. And he got none of that, you know, and so this was a business plan. So, uh, yeah, it, the move here, uh, I think he sensed the demographic, the region and the, the league at that time, you know, people, you know, franchises were mo more movable then than they are now. One last question. Was there one player down in Houston who did not want to come to Nashville that stands out? Because I heard rumblings. Chris Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> because um, he had kids in schools. Yeah, and that's you know, and not that he didn't want to, but Bruce Matthews was such a large part of that community. He, him, They had a Matthews construction company there. Uh, his family was there right. and everything. And even when he was here, he just had one foot in the door here. He was still there. And, and he didn't, and he, not even like Mike Munchak, you know, both Hall of Famers, you know, later of the coach, just one of the best offensive line coaches ever. Uh, but, you know, they were the older players. They didn't vocally say it, but you knew, oh, man, I got to, you know. Right. So a lot of them didn't move here. They just, they worked here. That's kept their home point. there. Uh, Greg, thank you. I, this was interesting because it works out perfectly because with the Titans taking on the Bengals on Saturday to move, they win. First home 
championship game ever. Mm-hmm. That sounds kind of cool to say. Yeah. Do I get paid double since I'm a host <laughs> and a guest? Yeah. You get two things of water. Yeah. All right. Thank you. You've been listening to the official 615 podcast. Hope you enjoyed that walk down history lane because I tell you what, when we talk about that, a lot of people are like, oh, I had no idea that happened. No idea that went on. And it's cool to realize where that team started from and where they are right now. Greg, thank you, my friends. All right. Thank you to Todd Rotorill and the fine folks at the Omni for always for their hospitality. Such a beautiful hotel. By the way, the best smelling hotel in town. Don't forget Until that. you arrive. <laughs> and a pain bone, our good friends at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Thank you for the sponsorship. All right, guys, see you next week.